Hello, everyone. This is Nick Lombardi, Episode 3, Game Changer Podcast. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I have my friend and guest here this morning, Garrett Sheehan, President and CEO of the Greater New Haven of Chamber of Commerce. How are you? I'm doing good, Nick. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining. So I was just talking to Garrett about his background. He uh, is a bachelor's from Syracuse, an MBA from Auburn University, and a law degree from UConn. I don't have any of that. So, I, mean, <laughs> I just accumulate over <laughs> that's time. A, yeah. It's not true. I'm a proud Marist college grad, but uh, <laughs> that's about it. I, I'm, I'm school of hard knocks, I think, otherwise. But um, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about your background? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I would say I have a long and, and winding road to this position. Uh, originally from Connecticut, grew up here, really love this state. Uh, my first job was as a TV news reporter in the Deep South. I went all the way down to uh, Meridian, Mississippi, which uh, was was fun, a different experience. Did reporting for uh, about five years, liked it, uh, but also wanted to work on something that I felt had a more lasting impact. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting involved in economic development. Uh, came back to Connecticut, worked at UI uh, for mm -hmm. several years, about six and a half years doing economic development. Had great experience there, it's a great company. Um, then I, I started doing law school at night, so that's where the law degree comes in. Um, I, I worked for Eversource uh, for a brief period of time doing economic development, working with communities, and then uh, came into this chamber role. Got it. Wonderful. Well, thank you for the background. That's excellent. I know you a lot better now. One of the questions, though, how did you end up working for a utility in economic development or the different utilities? And then how did that kind of transition to working at the chamber? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, people don't realize uh, utilities across the country uh, typically have economic development departments. It's a little bit different here in Connecticut, but a lot of other utilities, not to get too deep into this, but um, they own the power generation and the lines of distribution. So really to grow their business, they need mm -hmm. to bring in more companies and jobs who would be electric users. Mm -hmm. um, Connecticut, we've changed a little bit because we're a deregulated state. The utilities right. don't own the power plants, so that it's not that same straight line um, incentive. But both of the utilities, Eversource and UI, really do care about their communities, and it's a way of them investing and giving back, uh, even though their business model doesn't necessarily now drive on more and more power uh, usage. But they, it still is important. I mean, they're companies that are not going away, so it's important for them right. to have a strong economy locally. Uh, it transitioned to the chamber for me uh, just from my own interest, um, having worked in New Haven uh, for so long, doing economic development, worked in this region, and then having the opportunity come available at the chamber. Uh, to me, what, what really stood out to me was, wow, what a great platform uh, to try to be able to drive economic growth. I already have a lot of uh, connections, know a lot of people, and I really believe in the region. I feel like this is the best region in the state. Uh, it has the most opportunity, has the most things that are happening with it. Uh, it's a great opportunity for me to be able to be part of what's going to be coming next. I know how your recruiting efforts are locally and the services that you provide and how you help with job training or just different skills. Do you think that there's a role for the chamber to bring in people from across the country or, or is there, a, is there a, like a conduit for that? Yeah, well, we work with a lot of different economic development partners, one of them being 
uh, Rex, work with uh, DECD, that's the State mm-hmm. Economic Development Organization. Uh, CERC is another uh, statewide organization. Yep. I serve on the board of that. So we're always going to be part of that team when uh, there's recruitment efforts going on. Really for the chamber, the, the best opportunity we have uh, to directly impact is how we're working with our existing businesses. Um, recruitment is one piece of economic development. Uh, the best part is working with companies that are here and getting them to expand here. Right. In some ways, that is recruitment because we're dealing with global national companies now. Uh, right. They're going to make an expansion at one of their locations. Mm-hmm. It could be here or it mm-hmm. might be somewhere else. And so you need to be in on the ground level talking to that company about why internally the people who are here should be advocating, fighting to get that Understand. expansion right. locally. Right. So. Understand. Good. Oh, well, let's jump on to the next question. So here it is. What behavior, habit, or ritual can you not live without and why? Hmm. Um, I, well, I, we're, we're talking a little bit about coffee, I know, especially towards the end. We so are. I definitely need <laughs> coffee is the fuel. I, yeah. You and I, I it was both. kind of later in life when I started drinking coffee. I, don't, I think it was like in my mid to late 20s. I don't know how I did it mm-hmm. up until that point. Uh, I was going for my MBA at the time and working <laughs> at the same time. So some sleep deprivation. Sleep was deprivation. Involved. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would say uh, it, it's definitely the, uh, the coffee. Next question, is there a single experience or a defining moment that sparked a game change in your life? I think my first job, even though I was on the morning anchor of the news show, I was making $18,000 a year. <laughs> yeah. And it uh, just kind of clicked with me that, you know, hey, if you want to move on to the next market or go to wherever you want to be, you've really got to dedicate yourself. And I mm-hmm. just kind of flipped a switch and um, worked as hard as I possibly could uh, to improve. And mm-hmm. that meant I was already getting in there early, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning for a morning show. Uh, but I'd stay usually till 6 o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. And even after the show, I would listen, watch, which is painful to do sometimes, to listen and watch yourself, but sit there, watch myself. Okay, what can I improve? Constantly taking a critical eye, uh, redoing things, trying to come up with better stories. So um, really learned at that point how far you can push yourself and mm-hmm. you know how much more you have uh, that you can give and, and what it means to be a real professional and uh, hone in on your craft mm-hmm. and that you can apply to not in TV anymore obviously but you can apply that to any job that you work in so kind of taking a step back being self-aware it just sounds like you, you definitely are self-aware being a little bit critical and I think that's you know I know me I'm pretty hard on myself, and I think that that's kind of a, you have to kind of know where the line is drawn, right? right. And then being able to say, but what you just said was great, um, kind of like how, how you can tweak your craft, refine it a little bit, make yourself better, mm-hmm. and kind of and keep a positive attitude, I think, throughout the whole time. So, yeah, I think that's the only way that you continue to grow in whatever job position yeah. that you're in is... Uh, and, and you have to always refresh yourself too, especially if you've been in a, a position yeah. yep. um, for a while, at least I find. And, and I, I do think taking a look at yourself, being critical is, is important. So that's a good um, segue into the next. You, t- you talked about having to refresh. Are you learning as fast as the world is changing? And how do you push yourself to keep growing and evolving? So it's a two-part question. So the first one, no, I'm I'm certain You're of that. You're not. <laughs> okay. that. I mean, I'm trying, yeah, but I right. think all of us are trying. There's no way to to. It changes so quickly. Yeah. Um. It's it's almost impossible to stay 
even or ahead of that that curve but the goal always has to be that that's the way we're looking at things um, and repeat the second part you begin to um, how do you push yourself to keep growing and evolving uh, I, I think it's not letting yourself get into patterns and mm -hmm. molds uh, thinking outside of those thinking in ways that kind of break your own mindset uh, which is which is difficult to do um, we throw so around like, the, your, like your comfort, like getting out of your comfort getting zone. Getting out of, of your comfort zone, uh, realizing maybe what some of your limitations are, and um, mm. but you know, it really comes down to looking at what other people are doing and yeah. and saying, you know, how, how do they do that? Can I do that? I think the chamber offers so many resources. I mean, you're you're kind of at the helm of so many different things, and 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 again, as a, as a chamber member, you have to you kind of look at. Everybody gets something different out of the chamber, and, and and I think I've heard conversationally things like you know, or people ask me, well, like, well, what do you what do you belong to the chamber for? And there's a lot of different things, right? So it's building my business, you know, working on it, working in it, get you know, talking to potential customers, but talking to different vendors, or you know, just just to me, the options are just endless. But I think the key for anybody and and anything, but you get out what you put in. Yes. And 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 so. That's something that we should probably talk about a little bit. Right. You probably get that quite a bit. Well, I've been a member of the chamber for five years. Well, what do you go to? Do you talk to your, you know, your, your rep at the chamber? Do you, uh, do you ask questions? Do you ask, do they, do they ask to meet with you? I mean, I, I think you're a very approachable guy for the record. And I, and you and I kind of hit it off pretty quickly and you've transitioned into this role. So what do you think about that? You get what you put in. Uh, it's, it's very true. I, the chamber is really a two-step process. You join the chamber. Mm -hmm. That's great. We want you to join the chamber. And then for you to fully access the chamber, you have to be involved and engaged. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a, it's a double ask on our part. Right. Uh, what we try to do at the chamber, though, is make that second uh, ask as easy as possible. So create situations where uh, it's easy for you to get engaged. Right. But really... I mean, Nick, you hit it right on the head. I mean, for you to get the most out of the chamber, you have to put yourself out there. Right. You have to go right. to these uh, networking events, which are never... I, there's some people who just love networking. They just automatically love it. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of us, we all have to work at it mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. But when you do that, boy, I mean, the people who really do that, and I talk to them, they've got stories about how much the chamber has then helped their business right. because of connections they made it's not always customers sometimes no, it's no, collaborators right, right. suppliers right i think the common thread here that i can apply and you you even said it before when you talked about your the long and winding road um it you you have to get out of your comfort zone you definitely get out what you put in and it takes work and it takes reflection and it takes you know like with anything so the things that would make you successful as a member of the chamber is really what's going to make you successful in life and are you how are you willing to apply yourself right right yeah you agree with that oh definitely and and one thing that i i have learned um over the last uh, 11 months in being in the chamber and and really where where we're gonna go uh, is the chamber is it's not my chamber it's it's the members chamber it's, right that's right it's the businesses mm -hmm. uh this is your organization right and so it really for the chamber to be most successful we need the the businesses to be engaged and to set the agenda of what we're going to do because at the end of the day that's really what the chamber is all about is it represents the business community mm -hmm. in this region and so 
um, my my goal, my mission uh, is to create more opportunities to get the members involved, mm-hmm. lead committees, mm-hmm. come up with the ideas of what we're going to do next. I mean, staff is going to be there right. uh, to shepherd, right. to assist. We have time to do some of the things that um, the the behind the scenes work that. Uh, the members may not be able to do, mm-hmm. um, but really to put the chamber partners in a position where they can lead. So here's another question I just was thinking about as you were talking, um, because you're because you are new in this role. Talk about the challenges, maybe the things that you thought about, or the, and also in the things that you put put outward, taking on that role after Tony Resigno stepped out of it you know there was a big i remember hearing about the search committee and you know it, it was a big deal you know for tony who was a strong leader in the community in a lot of different ways and then for you to come in so what were you thinking about coming into that role i mean definitely probably a game-changing experience for you to be put in the limelight in that way so just can you talk about what what your thoughts were there yeah i you know i was probably a little bit uh naive and uh work with tony a lot uh, love Tony. We've we've had a good working relationship, even before I took over at the chamber, but yeah. definitely even more so uh, since I've come on. Uh, I talk to Tony usually maybe maybe once a week and just mm-hmm. run things by him and go, hey, you know what what you do? I usually yeah. I have the idea of what I want to do, but sometimes it helps. Just yeah, I know he's absolutely. We get a lot of different uh, unique situations mm-hmm. or requests at the chamber, and so it's always good. Um, but walking into the job, I really uh, did not think about feel like this heavy burden that um, replacing Tony uh, it, am I gonna be able to fill those shoes not that they're not big shoes to fill mm-hmm. um, for me it hasn't been looking back that I've got to fill those roles it's I got to keep moving this chamber forward yeah wonderful that's a great answer one of the things we say at one source is create value every day and we ask ourselves how are we creating value every day and that's how you move forward and I think that if you're always talking to your staff about that and asking yourself that you're going to be successful. Right. I think. Yeah, no, I it definitely, um, you know, we got to celebrate the past, right. uh, use That's it right. to our, uh, <laughs> benefit, uh, but use it for pushing forward. So I'll, I'll segue on that, that, uh, the chamber is celebrating 225 years, wow. uh, at our annual meeting on, so May we're going to party May 3rd, May 3rd. It's a lunchtime event. Uh, actually, uh, President Peter Salve from Yale University is going to be our keynote awesome. speaker awesome. Uh, at the Omni. We'll Great. Registration on the website soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I'm looking forward to being there on May 3rd. We'll make sure that we get all the information out on the, on our podcast um, on the screen. People can check out the Chamber website and, and sign up. So um, here's the next question. And these are going to hinge. It's a two-part. Again, how do you respond to failure and how do you celebrate success? What did I do? Where, where did I go off uh, the path? And and it really has to be a deep analysis because after you fail, it's easy to it's easy to see clear answers like why did I do that? I, yeah. yeah, clearly that's that was the decision. But um, then, but you have to kind of go back and go, well, what were all the things going on in my mind that made that choice seem like um, that was a good decision point? Because I think only then, if you really truly understand why you uh, went in that direction mm-hmm. not just that you made a that the decision you made strategically didn't work out but mm-hmm. understand all the other influences that you were had going on in your mind at that point then that's when you can kind of 
uh, correct course uh, for the future. So for success, just not to uh, over enjoy success, um, yeah. you know, definitely celebrate it so that, um, you know, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're, we're doing things. Uh, you want to have a fun, fun time, have a good time. Um, but have to be thinking about the next step after that. How do you, how do you turn that success into the next success? The next success. I like that. That's good. That's a great answer. Um, Oh, there's a fun fact about you too that I read about. So you used to live in the building where the chamber office is located. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're uh, the chamber is located at 900 Chapel Street. Uh, it used to be the Chapel Square Mall, Mall. a long yep. time ago. Yeah. Uh, was converted to residential and commercial office space. And so when I first, when I was working at UI, I first moved back to Connecticut and was living in New Haven. I mm -hmm. lived. Uh, along Church Street in yeah. that in the 900 Chapel complex. Got it. Uh, so it was uh, it's funny that things come full circle. Yeah, I'm that's back right. in yeah. New Haven, and now I'm working in that building. So are you here in Connecticut to stay? Oh yeah, you're here now. Yeah. That's it. Yep. The back and forth is done. I think Yale may do a study on you. You know, you're like an anomaly. <laughs> like you leave and you come back. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to leave the last time, but I <laughs> met my wife and uh, I had no choice. Changed everything. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you know, so. That's great. Well, um, I'm really happy that you came on and um, I really enjoy working with you and working with all the folks at the chamber. I think you have, a lot, you have a great team and a great culture. So I hope that anyone listening to this podcast will check out the Chamber of Commerce. If they're not a member, consider becoming one. Um, and now we're going to go into the next part of our conversation. We talked about coffee, which you obviously you and I both have a, right. a shared love for. So I, I, as I travel around, I try to visit local coffee shops. And there was something that I learned at this last visit. I went to Shelburne Falls Coffee Roasters, the one in Greenfield, Mass. There's actually seven locations throughout Massachusetts. One of the things you may not know about me, I'll give a little shameless plug, is uh, I'm a partner in a hotel in Wilmington, Vermont, called the, the Vermont House. So therealvermonthouse.com. Check it out. Wow. As I was driving up to the Vermont House this past weekend, I jumped off the highway in Greenfield and stopped in at Shelburne Falls. So we're drinking an organic Mexican roast. And here's what I learned. So some of these coffee shops that I visit, they don't, have the, they don't roast their own coffee bean. They source it elsewhere, which is fine. But one of the things I think I'm going to do kind of moving forward is trying to find the best local roaster because th these guys are doing an excellent job. They've obviously got seven locations. There's nothing, there's really nothing in it for them other than me just out there trying to find the best locally roasted coffee in the region. So the search is on. The search is on. As you drive to the Vermont house, as you go up to Mount Snow or, or anywhere up in Vermont, stop in any one of their seven locations check out shelburne falls i think it's pretty good i don't know what you think about yeah, it. yeah no it was good. it was great it was yeah, great good. really yeah, that's it. right and i and uh they have a ton of a ton of different flavors and my, I, their toasted coconut i'm not a big flavor guy but their toasted coconut is i think one of the best ones i've ever had so i urge people to check that out too wow. you guys again i think you have a great team i think what you have is pretty special and i think that you're building on something great and you talked about moving forward and i think that's a big part of talking about game changing experiences always have to move forward right don't dwell i think what i learned from you is is i'm a guy that dwells a little bit like don't dwell on it pick yourself up and move forward i think that's a way to summarize it and and i probably should re-listen this podcast because I, I said a lot of things that maybe i 
I need to practice more myself because yeah. I, I do at times dwell, but uh, but really the way to do it is to move forward. Yeah. So. You're speaking it into existence. That's yes. good. That's what yes. it's all about. <laughs> all right. Well, I have an, I have another guest. This is the double guest. I had a secret guest today. So I'm just going to have my daughter come over here really quick. My oldest daughter. This is it. Oh, come on up, babe. This is Ava. And Ava and I were talking this morning about two things that we'd say at home all the time. So why don't you tell everyone, what are the things that we say at home? Dream big and make it happen. Dream big and make it happen. Two things that I hope that my kids will remember forever. Right, babe? Mm -hmm. Yes. So you thank Mr. Sheehan for coming on the podcast today? Thank you. <laughs> all thank right. Thank you. We're done. That's it. All done. Dream big. <laughs>